You're listening to Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World with Father Anthony Messa, where we explore ways to encourage and equip the local Orthodox Church. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast. I'm your host, Father Anthony Messa, and we have a special show today because today I'm not going to be the one answering the questions. I'm going to be the one asking the questions as uh, we have a special guest with us on the show, and that is Father Timothy Pham. Welcome, Father Timothy. Thank you for having me. So Father Timothy um, and I both served together at STSA, and the reason why we asked Father Timothy to join us today is because today we are celebrating the one-year anniversary, um, I guess in a couple days, celebrating the one-year anniversary of Father Timothy's ordination to priesthood. So we thought... um, you know, we would uh, bring him on board. I just did a, a podcast recently about what I learned after 18 years of, of priesthood. So, Father Timothy, um, you've made it a year. So, you know, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you got planned now? What are you going to do next? I'm going to go to Disney World or something with my <laughs> wife. I don't know. Uh, no, I just uh, plan on being here for as long as uh, the church will have me. So, All right. I, I don't know about that Disney World trip. <laughs> we have to get that approved. But uh, all joking aside... Um, we figured we would take advantage of this opportunity. We'd ask you a few questions about leadership. So um, we appreciate your time. Um, first question that I'll, I'll throw out to you is, um, we talk a lot on this podcast about leadership, specifically as it relates to church. And obviously you just made a transition um, into a leadership role. So tell us, what does leadership mean to you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think Leadership is kind of the balance of, of two things, at least in, in my experience. Um, it's the balance of trying to build other leaders up around you um, and also doing whatever is necessary to get the job done. Um, and it's definitely a delicate balance, but, but if we look at the best leader of all time, Christ, um, I think you can look at that and see how he built up great leaders, you know, the apostles with the church, but he was never afraid to get his hands dirty to get the job done. Um, so it's, it's the balance of the two things. You never want to be in full control mode. That's usually when things go downhill pretty quickly. Um, but you also want to work just as hard or harder than everyone else to make sure um, the job gets done. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, that kind of fits the, the picture of, of, I heard it said one time that a true leader is the one who you don't know he's leading. You yeah. don't know um, that he's leading kind of without necessarily you know, showing everyone that he's leading. For sure. Um, so how has your understanding of leadership changed specifically since becoming a priest a year ago? Um, you can, if you're listening to this, you probably can liken it to any new job or any new position or new environment. Um, you realize your inadequacies pretty quickly. Um, and that's usually when you kind of run to God and, and you're relying on God's grace for a lot of things. Um, and the moments that you've, you know, that you tend to find yourself really relying on God, um, that is when you see the fruits in the ministry much more apparent than when you try to rely on your own abilities. So I would say for sure from um, a leadership perspective, especially as a priest, um, the easiest thing to do is to try to think that your abilities or your talents or your gifts or your whatever is what's really necessary to get the job done. And for sure you want to do those things, um, but you never want to forget that God is the one that's really in control and he's the one leading, um, really not you. Absolutely. There's that verse in the book of Hebrews that says that no man takes this honor unto himself when we talk about the priesthood. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, th- this next question that I have here, I-, I have to tell our our audience right here, I didn't write the questions. Um, so uh, I'm just, uh, Katie's the one who kind of gave me the questions to ask here. So 
The question says, uh, do you think you lead the same way as Father Anthony? And I'll just kind of, <laughs> I'll just give a little intro right here is that we, one of the things that we talk about, uh, me and Father Timothy, we talk about together is that how really all of us in the church and, and all of us are unique. Um, so I think I know how you're going to answer this question, <laughs> Abuna, but uh, I'll throw it out to you. Yeah, so kind of the same way Abuna just hinted at it. Uh, I would say probably not. Um, and I think one of the best things um, that you, Buna, told me um, right off the bat when I came back from the monastery was um, never try to be you and never try to be, you know, anyone else other than just yourself. Um, I think God works with us based on um, both our strengths and weaknesses, and he allows us to see um, kind of the beauty of it all is that we can look at each other's strengths and, re- and leverage that um, and learn from each other. Um, so definitely I don't feel the pressure uh, to lead in the same exact way. I think we have very different personalities. Um, and I think it, you know, if I don't say so myself, I think it works out pretty well. So <laughs> I hope so. That's, that's what I like to hear. Okay, so uh, piggybacking off that, um, why don't you pull back the curtain here a little bit for our, our listening audience and share some of the ways that uh, we work together as leaders? Yeah, I, I think the easiest way um, to work well together um, with leaders working together uh, is when you have the same vision. And I think if you think about like the best marriages, right, those are the ones that usually people have the same values, um, they have the same goals. Um, and I think for us, it's the same here at a church, you know, not just me and Father Anthony, but also the rest of our staff. I think our goal is to never have the church be about any of us. Um, but at the same time, we have the same vision for the church. And, and that vision is that we want to share this beautiful Orthodox faith with everyone. We want it to be open for all. Uh, we want it to be um, anyone, any walks of life to find Christ and to grow in Christ and in his church. Um, so when you have the same vision, it just makes it a lot easier. There's always a sense of trust um, and that reliance on each other, kind of piggybacking on each other's strengths, um, not being afraid to ask for you know help, figuring out what you need to do to work together, um, and focusing your strengths on, on different you know, areas of ministry with the same vision in mind. So I think having the same vision um, is really key um, and pivotal to working together well. Mm-hmm. You spoke a lot about vision right there. And I think um, one of the kind of the secrets of success, as, as you were saying, is being aligned in that vision. And I think that really comes from like a friendship. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, people talk about unity um, and being united, but I, I feel like sometimes we, we just kind of say that as something that we know we're supposed to have, but it, it's sometimes manufactured or forced. Father Timothy and I have been friends uh, for a while. He served in the church for years, known as wife uh, since way back. So we really are like friends before we are, um, you know, coworkers, so to speak. Mm, sure. and, I, and I really don't think that you can, um, you can't discount that and you can't undervalue um, how valuable that is. And I think Sometimes we focus so much on, on, you know, the right fit. And I think, you know, if, if you got two people who trust each other, as you said, and, you know, we think the same way and we want the same thing, um, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I would never want to ordain someone as a priest that I haven't worked with before and served with before, just to make sure, that, like you said, we have that same vision. So, For sure. um, yeah, I'm glad you said it that way. Okay, uh, back to our, our listening audience here. Uh, what would you tell someone who wants to influence positive change, but who might not feel like they're in a position to do so? Yeah, I, I love this question. I think if you are, if you think you're not in a position to influence people, um, you're probably just not looking hard enough. Um, I think any of us walking around, especially for 
you know, called to be like Christ. Um, whether you're a student, you're an employee, an employer, married, single, whatever walk of life that you're in right now, um, the way you behave simply influences people around you. Um, the way that you carry yourself, the way that um, you're positive around people, encouraging, uplifting. Um, you know, when people think of you and think of, you know, this is how a Christian should be, are they um, excited about that? Or, you know, are they, are they scared? Um, so I, I think the key is to recognize that um, regardless of the walk of life that you're in, you are influencing people, um, whether that's posit- in a positive way or in a negative way. Now, obviously, all of us have ups and downs. I'm not saying that, you know, you're always going to be a positive influence. But that is the key, is to recognize how am I influencing people and how can I go above and beyond um, to get them really excited about, wow, a Christian can have a positive influence mm-hmm. um, regardless of the context. Mm-hmm. And that fits exactly what Christ said, which is that he who is faithful in what is least will be made ruler over much. So if you're waiting for someone to give you a position to be an influence, um, you know, that, that's, that, that's not the way it's done, is that it's the opposite. is. David proved that he was faithful as a shepherd, so God made him the shepherd not over sheep but over people. Um, and I and I feel like it's the same way as is is if wherever situation you're in, you know, you find a way to be a positive influence, and whether or not you get the position may come, may not come, but um, in God's eyes, God sees all those things. For sure. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit off script right here. I'm gonna ask a question that uh, that we didn't include right here, but I. I want to ask, <laughs> and this is kind of like my chance to ask questions to Father Timothy. That you know, I I want to know the answer to these questions, so um, I'll take advantage of this. Um, what would you say would be the greatest challenge in that first year of priesthood that you faced? And the reason why I ask, um, I give you a second to think about your answer as well, is because I know a lot of our our listening audience right here, um, a lot of people are approached to become priests. Um, and a lot of times it's a discussion that, that, you know, that comes up and people always come and ask me and what I, what I always tell them, I'm happy to share my experience, but I was ordained back in 2001 and the world is a very different place today than it was back then. So I don't think my experience necessarily translates to just something as simple as social media and podcasts and things like that. Like back then you served in a church and no one knew you outside of that church. Um, obviously the world is a different place. So you, Father Timothy, ordained in 2019, <laughs> your greatest challenge, um, or, you can, and it could be both, your greatest challenge and your greatest surprise, okay, about that first year of priesthood. Yeah, I think for, and everybody's personalities are different and their strengths are different. Um, I think for me, the biggest challenge is um, really trying to understand that everyone around you has a need. Um, everyone is going through something. Not everything is as it seems on the surface. Um, and that's kind of a surprise, I guess, too, is, um, you know, people are going through stuff, but you don't really know until you're for sure in a position where people are confiding in you, um, and really sharing kind of their, the deepest things that they're going through. Um, and with that, you know, a lot of times that becomes a challenge because you have to be with those who are rejoicing, but you also have to be with those who are mourning. Um, and you can't, you know, it's not somebody's fault that, you know, when we were in the monastery, um, Pope Twitters was holding a, a conference um, for the newly ordained priests, the newly ordained priests, and he said something that I'll I'll never forget. He said, you know, it's not the person's fault, the, the person's fault who um, is wedding you're attending that you just attended a funeral. It's not your wife's fault that you just came back and took a really tough confession. You know, you have to learn to kind of keep those emotions in check, 
um, but also empathizing with people, really being there for them, meeting them where they're at. Um, but everything is in control. Um, and not because you of yourself are doing anything special, but because really um, God is there and you're seeking God um, because you can't do it. You realize that, you know, that this is something way beyond me um, and you have to reach out to God and ask for help. And I think that's been the, the biggest challenge and surprise is kind of going deeper with people, you know, showing that empathy um, to them, but also kind of keeping those emotions in check. So you're there for all, not just for a specific group or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I always feel that way about priesthood is that the, the unique thing about being a priest is that, you know, maybe in other careers, you, you kind of come into work with kind of an agenda where I feel like in priesthood, um, you know, every day God is setting the agenda, you know, and, and in terms of now obviously, you know, we do have, have you know, things we want to accomplish and, you know, we're, we're driving towards something. But the point being there is that, like you said, is um, you don't know what God has in store for that day and you don't know who's going to come to you and. Um, what the need may be. So really teaches you to rely on God and to find God in um, For sure. in, in, in the little things of the, of the details. So, um, okay, I'll ask another follow-up question on that same one. What would you say specifically to the person who has been approached about priesthood and is considering it, uh, but doesn't really know uh, where to go? What would you say to that person? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I, I would say the first thing you have to do, I remember when... Uh, we had that early discussion. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep for a few nights, to be honest. Um, Just so I, you guys know, the way the discussion went, I invited him and his wife over to come on over. We miss you guys. And then within five minutes, he sat down on the couch, gave him a cup of water. Boom, we want you to be a priest. And <laughs> uh, it was I, I don't believe in beating around the bush. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was a quite shock a, indeed. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely a shock. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that the first thing you have to do is not just just to say it, but truly is you have to pray about it. Um, you have to pray about it. And um, you and your wife, you know, have to be on the same page. Um, my wife was great in the whole process. She, you know, let me kind of deal with it, um, you know, on my own. And then when we, I was ready to discuss it, um, she was happy to have those discussions. And I actually remember at the time, I think it was God's providence, is she was actually traveling. Um, so I really had a lot of time to A, not sleep, B, a lot of <laughs> prayer, um, so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is I would say um, you kind of have to look at priesthood as the next step um, of is God calling me to just take a step? Because especially for those who are familiar kind of with our Coptic church, um, nothing is, you know, uh, a <laughs> guarantee in terms of if I say yes, then B will happen. Um, so for us, it was just do I feel that God is saying, go ahead and take this next step and trust me? Um, and we felt that God was saying, yes, you know, go ahead and do that. Um, so that was, that was the biggest thing for us. And I would say number one thing is to bring God into it, pray about it. Um, who are, you know, what is the context? What are your relationships with the people that you're going to be working with? I I think that was Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things. Um, like father Anthony said is we had a relationship beforehand. If it was someone who I didn't have a relationship with beforehand, I would really have to, you know, Mm -hmm. pray about it some more. Mm -hmm. So uh, those, those are the main things is what environment are you going into, but for sure bringing God into it. And is there a peace? That God is giving you about the decision. I, I, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, when people ask me that question, you know, oftentimes they're looking at it as, you know, serving this group or serving this church. And I agree, but I see it more as, you know, working with this priest or working with this bishop. Um, and if I had a, just like you said, and I did the same thing, you know, when I was ordained, I had a sense of comfort, not necessarily about the ministry, but I had a sense of comfort about the person who was inviting me. Um, and the person that I would be working with. So because of that, that was able to 
um, alleviate some of the concerns about, well, I don't know how to preach and I don't know how to take confessions and I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so that back to that, that oneness in, in, in vision and mindset. Okay. Last question and we'll get you out of here on this one. Um, first year in the books. Okay. Now you're, you're seasoned veteran, no more rookie. I'm infant. In the <laughs> <laughs> no more have to like wash my, my, my Tonya or, or you know, anything <laughs> like that. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the first year of priesthood? I, I honestly, the number one thing that Sherry and I both talk about it all the time is uh, my wife is that this has been the biggest blessing in our lives. Um, I'm not just, you know, saying that because I'm talking here with my boss, but um, it truly has been the biggest blessing for us. And I think God has, you know, given us so much um, through this and, and he's made us realize that, you know, a lot of times when you go into positions like this and kind of the, the microscope is on you a little bit, you tend to self-analyze and, and kind of get in your own head about certain things. Is my preaching this way, this confession, whatever. Um, and God very quickly um, allows you to realize that it's not about you. And if you just do what you're told, you'll be blessed. You know, and, and that's been the number one takeaway is it's not about you. Stop getting in your own head. Don't make it about you. Make it about him. Um, and his blessings are enormous and, and they have mm. been in our lives. So I'm very grateful for that. It's not about you. That's, yeah. that's a great takeaway. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about him. Um, and we're just tools in his hand. So that's a great way of saying it. Well, thank you so much, Father Timothy, for joining us. It was my us. pleasure. Thank Re you for really, really, really appreciate it. I don't know about you guys who are listening, but I enjoyed being on the asking questions <laughs> end of this thing, and hopefully they'll let me do that more often. Uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in, and um, hope you all uh, enjoyed this podcast, and we will see you next month with another episode of Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World. Thank you. For more great resources for Orthodox leaders, check out stsaministries.org.